Hello and welcome to Affable Chat Off Script, uh, the episodes of Affable Chat that aren't about uh, movies, or, or not necessarily about movies. We just, you know, do whatever we want on these episodes. My name is Benjamin, and I'm joined today um, by the two sister podcasts of Affable Chat, presumably the sister podcasts. That's what we're trying to get down to business today and find out. Uh, we've got Kenny from the C team. What's up, Kenny? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. And we've got Corey from He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. What's up, Corey? Hello. Thanks for having me back. It's been a while. Yes. And we're happy to have both of you back, both returning voices on Affable Chat. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of discussion in our mutual orbits about whether or not our three podcasts are sister podcasts. And I think the three of us know that they are, uh, but there's been some contention, I've heard. <laughs> Yeah, well, so I brought it up on on the C team. I I referred to I referred to us as sister podcasts because I've been I'm a I'm I've been referred to as a recurring host on He's Done It. You know, I've been on it several times. Uh, I was on Affable Chat once, and so you know, essentially the shows share a host. And, and Benjamin's been on the C team, and and we are, and we've all been on uh, on He's Done It, of course. Corey surprisingly has yet to be on the C team, <laughs> despite uh, our twenty. <laughs> Two year friendship, maybe twenty twenty one, somewhere in that range. Uh, we're getting there. Um, but I said they were sister podcasts, and I got backlash from my co hosts who said, who said that they have to share like a parent company or something. I don't. I've been on all the shows. I think that makes them sister podcasts, and and we're all friends here. And I think it's enough. I'm not saying I'm sister podcasts with. I don't have a big podcast name at the top of my head, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the C team. It's Apple chats. He's done it. They're, they're sisters. I think. Well, I think there's a lot of ways we can, we can look at this because, uh, Corey and I originally formed, he's done it, but it was back then That's it was true. called the, uh, Ben and Corey podcast. Yes. And, uh, which was, uh, the, it was amazing that name wasn't taken. Uh, when we saw that, <laughs> we went ahead and scooped it right up. Uh-huh. Uh, but then that eventually became, he's done it. So we're both almost parents to that podcast you know the, our combined yeah. effort and will gave birth to yeah, one of these I, I guess like i do understand the whole idea of needing to be affiliated together you know if somehow we got like a co-sponsor some company decided to pick us up and pay us money to do this which uh been holding out on that one for a few years now starting to give up <laughs> but not quite there yet uh but affable chat was the reason why he's done it was born and I believe there's some kind of like connection into C team also forming from that. Just the whole idea of someone else doing a podcast, me like, oh, I used to do a podcast in high school. That sounds like a fun thing to keep me entertained as an adult. Let me do that. Because- well, was the very first podcast of of the three of us? Was it? Uh, Nespin, N-E-S-P-N, is that yeah, what we called that, it? Was unless, that the first podcast? That yeah, exists? I mean, unless, unless Benjamin yeah. was doing something in middle school, but no, no, I didn't get into podcasting <laughs> till I was in well into college. Yeah, so, so that was well before me. So my freshman year of high school, uh, we everyone in in our high school took a freshman seminar course. So I guess just like relating it to our experience at University of South Carolina, University One Hundred One, or things of that nature, it's just basically a freshman orientation, but the teachers had full reign to do whatever they wanted with it. And my teacher, Mr. Green was the journalism teacher and the like whatever sponsor, like adult person involved with the Panther Prince student newspaper. So 
he made his freshman seminar class very heavily writing focused, whether it was journalism or creative writing or whatever, like that was a big thing because that's what he knew. And that was kind of how he would orient us into being freshmen and eventual like, you know, upperclassmen high schoolers. So one thing that we started doing in his class was some kind of podcast. And I was like, this is fun. I want to do more of this. So I, I pulled in Kenny to do a New England-based sports podcast. And we had a couple other co-hosts. And I think our most successful ones were really just me and Kenny with like a third person, maybe or maybe not there. And it just kind of died after, you know, probably junior year of high school, uh, which even that was a stretch to say that it lasted that long. And um, yeah, it wasn't until like after college, like you, where I decided to pick it up again and go like legitimate with it. But that is the original podcast experience that both Kenny and I have. Wow. So you guys are old pros at this point. You guys have a lot of years, at least uh, added up. Your time of your life were post your first podcast. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we that was before I even listened to podcasts. We were we were making one. I didn't even listen to ours. I didn't even know where to get it. <laughs> yeah, I think it it was definitely available on iTunes. Uh, I know my uncle listened to it. I don't know anyone else who regularly listened to it. But this was like the very early days. This was like 2009, well before podcasting really blew up. There were probably like a handful of celebrities who were getting who were into on our it. Podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, it was very much in the infancy of the podcast. And I mean, I mean, dang, back then, I think the first time I ever listened to a podcast was somewhere back in like 2007 because I used to listen to the Bungie podcast because they would talk about the development of Halo 3, which was a video game I was like totally stoked for. But I don't think I listened to another podcast after that for like another, I don't know, five, six years. Yeah, I don't know if I really even started listening to other podcasts until after college. Like, I can't think of a time when I was in college listening to podcasts. And it's just like kind of together of you having your podcast, me starting to listen to other podcasts and be like, okay, why don't I give this a try myself? Because, you know, just the nostalgia of what we were doing in high school and wanted to kind of bring it back again. What about you, Kenny? Did you get into any podcasting after that uh, experience with freshman (laughs) seminar? Well, so I didn't, uh, I didn't listen to any podcasts, I think until I want to say 2013, which, which is earlier than at least Corey. Um, uh, I did in terms of making a podcast, I I hate to, I hate to take this away from Corey, but the real (laughs) origin of the C team was, was Jack asking me, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, okay. And then, uh, and he was like, oh, maybe we can get Chandler and Chandler said, no. And then Chandler said, is it too late to change that answer? And we said, no, it's not. And then we, and then we made it. Uh, so, so I was, uh, I was the latest to the game in terms of making a podcast. And I think it was, I don't think I was on any other podcasts until I had my own. Um, but regardless of the origin, I, I still think that we're all sister podcasts because, you know, there's a lot of shared history here. I originally brought it up because Corey, Corey referred to me as no longer a guest host, but a recurring guest host. And that yes. was, then I'm part of it, you know, and uh-huh. I, if I'm part of that and I'm part of the C team and I'm part of this, then we're all, it's a big, big, happy family, you know? 
Absolutely. And I think you're making a really strong case. And also, um, earlier we were talking about kind of like when one of us inevitably hits the big time and we get into like <laughs> contractual agreements and companies sponsoring us and, you know, what that kind of the downstream effects of that. I don't think any of us want to legally be uh, associated as sister, you know, corporation kind of thing where we need to have some sort of parent company. We're all subsidiaries. The parent company really has all the control. That's not what we're going for. We're going for more of like a sisterhood of the traveling pants type exactly. of sisterhood. None of them were related, but they all, but they still got to share pants. And that is the relationship we're going for. And if that's not far enough for the doubters, for the first, I don't know, five years that I even knew about Kenny, I thought that you two were cousins. So <laughs> right. there's yes. the bloodline. There's the, the actual relationship that kind of ties that together. So I think if you kind of ball up all the things that we said and put a bow on it, then we've got a concrete case for why the three of us uh you know our podcast rather uh our uh, sister podcasts and honestly we should consider getting together at the, the holidays since we now have this kind of familial relation to each other that we're all very uh, aware of <laughs> um, and i'll use that as a transition into our next topic which is i noticed that kenny has been watching the spongebob christmas special every day uh of december so what is going on there what why <laughs> that is uh that is an over deck over a decade long tradition uh it must have been 2008 or 9 still still too i was too old to be this excited about the spongebob christmas special i was a teenager i think uh, and I said i'm gonna watch the spongebob christmas special every day of december until christmas and i I failed the first year I failed. Uh, and so every year since I've succeeded, uh, December 1st to 25th, I watched the SpongeBob Christmas special, uh, once a day, every day. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a tradition and, and people have criticized me for it. People ask <laughs> why I do it. They ask what I get out of it. And what I get out of it, uh, is, is one enjoyment and two, uh, I get to make the haters mad. And that is honestly, that's the sweetest part. Yeah, yeah. I, I would think so. I mean, I've I've long since accepted that this is a thing that he does every day. I, I couldn't tell you how far back it's gone, but I know it's been a while. It's gone through various forms of social media sharing and how he spreads the word. But I, I think that's probably the best reason to do it is just because, it, it, you know, like people are still like, why is he watching this every <laughs> single day? Um, I Do you have it memorized at this point? Oh, yeah. I could recite the whole thing right now, but that's a, you know, maybe we'll do that on a different podcast. <laughs> that is really impressive. I mean, if there's ever a time to double down on watching the same thing over and over again, I feel like Christmas is the time. I watch uh, the same movies every year. Some, I mean, I, I definitely try to expand my horizons and, and watch some other ones, but Jingle All the Way starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and The Muppets Christmas Carol. I've seen those movies uh, I can't even tell you how many times. And I watched them multiple times just this year because that's Christmas to me in a, in a media form. Well, yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's harder these days sometimes to get into the Christmas spirit. And so really drilling something into my head like that, it, it, it helps. And it's it's 22 minutes. You know, it's not like I'm watching a two hour movie every day. I'm throwing on the Smart of Christmas special and I'm, you know, I, I watched it a lot this year while I was walking to work because I now live with my girlfriend and she did not want to watch it every day for some reason. So <laughs> I watched it when I had, uh, when I had time like that, when I was walking to work. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it genuinely does help get in the Christmas spirit in a way that not a lot of other stuff does. And, you know, I don't hear Christmas music as much, uh, as I used to. And, I don't know. It's just a nice way to to remind myself that it's still the holidays. 
And it's another way for you to flex your unbelievable ability to be consistent. Yeah, uh, exactly. Whether it's releasing a podcast every week or are you still taking a picture of your face every day? Yeah, every actually I'm coming up uh, when I, I don't know if it's going to be at our New Year's Day this year like it normally is, but it's going to be 10 years. It's going to be 10 really? years. Of, a decade of faces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's awesome. So I was actually thinking about that this morning. Um, for whatever reason, it kind of popped in my head that like your end of year, uh, you know, selfie video is coming out. I'm trying to remember when exactly you post it because for whatever reason, I convinced myself it was before New Year's Eve, but I don't think that's right. No, I usually post it New Year's Day. I think in the past it's come out, it's it's been delayed to the second sometimes. And I've really had it in my head that it has to come out New Year's Day. But I mean, if it, I want to try to make it good, especially where it's the, the 10 year one. Um, so sometimes I'll prepare it on New Year's Eve. Like I'll take my New Year's Eve picture earlier in the day for that. But I do want to make sure I'm taking a picture on the 31st to count it in there. So it, it usually comes out on the 1st. Um, but it's it, it it takes it takes a while to to put it all together and i have pictures now because it's 10 years they're like scattered on different computers i need to find them all and round them all up so it's going to take going to take some time this year i think when people are worried about their social media profiles being used to be like made into deep fakes so that you can't <laughs> tell that it's them they'll be able to do any age with kenny <laughs> yeah, yeah honestly <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know last year's video, I was like really excited about it because I had not heard the the Weezer song that you use in the background, which I think it just came out in 2021. But yeah, I was like, did, oh, yeah. I really enjoy this song. And it was like a quick ad on Spotify. So like that was that was my favorite part of it. Yeah, a couple years, a couple years before that, I had a, I used an AJR song, and they've since they've blown up. You know, most mm. people, if they don't know who they are, they've heard a song. But uh, I had song. like a lot of people asking me what the song was and who the band was, and I never heard anything from AJR, any kind of recognition for spreading them like that. So I don't know what that was all about <laughs> on their end. Uh, well, that's awesome. I, I don't know. I that that level of consistency, I couldn't do it. Uh, you'd have to really find a way to motivate me to be able to even attempt something like that. So uh, it's hard enough for me to eat the piece of chocolate every single day from the advent (laughs) calendar. Like there are plenty of days (laughs) where it's like, Oh nope, I accidentally missed one. So yeah. Being able to watch the 22 minute SpongeBob episode, even if it's not a two hour long movie every day, like that is, that is commitment that I don't, I know. Forgive the sacrilege in this next question, but is that the one where SpongeBob uh, like teaches everybody about Santa and sends the bottles to the surface yes. and then they wait until Santa. Co- okay, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah and I then Santa that. doesn't come. Yeah. It's, I once recited the entire, uh, the entire episode in an Xbox live party chat in, <laughs> I don't know, 2013 or something. And, uh, and people, everyone left except for one person stayed for the whole thing. And people were like, people would pop back in and see if I was done and they'd hear that I wasn't and they'd leave again. But, uh, one, one friend stuck with it and he, and he clapped for me at the end. It was nice. Yeah, that is a classic episode. I, uh, in my youth, I used to watch that episode in Spanish uh, because mm. the SpongeBob DVDs had all the episodes dubbed, and it was a really good way to practice. They uh, they would sing uh, "Santa viene esta noche, Santa viene ya." <laughs> it's a classic sh- in either language. I, I should do that because I've for for a long time been desperately trying to learn Spanish, and I and I struggle with it mightily but just one one december of watching in spanish i'd at least know the episode you know i'd at least know the words to that (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm 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 with you on that. I've been trying to learn Spanish for a long time. I mean, I grew up in like a Spanglish household. My mom is fluent, but uh, you know, without being immersed in it, I felt like a lot of stuff I learned I didn't really use, and then you you lose it. So one like trick that I've been trying recently is I changed my language setting on TikTok to be Spanish. <laughs> ah, okay. So if I'm gonna sit there and rot my brain and and waste time essentially, I might as well be doing it in Spanish. And I've gotten mixed results. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff I just straight up don't understand because it's like people speaking casual Spanish, not like textbook Spanish. And also, uh, TikTok kind of learns what you're into. So even if you tell it you're into Spanish, it's like, oh, you seem to be spending a lot of time on the English content. We'll show you more of that. So I, I have to like sit through TikToks in Spanish to remind TikTok that I want to see more Spanish. So it's it's gotten mixed uh, results so far. Yeah, I've struggled. I've, you know, I've, I've heard from a lot of people that you should watch things that you would watch in English and Spanish TV shows and stuff. But then I saw people saying, well, I was thinking about it. Um, I watch, I don't watch that much anime, but I watched some anime shows and they're in Japanese. I watched them with, with uh, the, the, the Japanese um, dub with subtitles and I'm not learning Japanese. I don't know any Japanese <laughs> from that. So, so people online said to do to watch things in Spanish with Spanish subtitles rather than English. Cause if you, ah. if it's English, you're just reading it. But then when you do that, there's like two different kinds of Spanish that they're, that they're speaking one and there's the subtitles say it like entirely different things sometimes. <laughs> and then I just get frustrated and give up and I'm like, I'll just go back to Duolingo and not really learn anything, but at least I have a streak, you know, at least I have something. <laughs> Another thing that you can be consistent at. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know. I feel like, the two times in my life where I really learned Spanish was like when I was not in public school yet, where I spent all my time with my mom and she was speaking Spanish to me. And I was also just grasping the ability of speech in general. So I learned a lot and that stuck with me. Like when you're a kid, that's really the key time to learn a language. But then also whenever I visit my family in Mexico where they don't speak any English. So it's either speak Spanish or don't speak. Yeah. And uh, being just completely surrounded by it, it you know, your survival instincts kick in and then i feel like i progress much faster in like a week of speaking nothing but spanish than i do in i don't know a lot lot more days long streak on duolingo yeah yeah i mean i i was in spain once and uh long story short we ended up stranded at a mall at like 1 a.m and I didn't know how, we didn't know how we were getting home. The trains were shut down. I, there was, there wasn't Uber. So I was trying to call us a taxi and I like had to pull out my ninth grade Spanish knowledge and, and speak to someone on the phone in Spanish. Cause we were told they'd wow. speak English on the phone and they didn't. Somehow I managed <laughs> to get us a taxi and I managed to get us home. It was crazy. I had no idea how I, how I did it. There's that survival instincts right yeah. there. Corey, give us an anecdote about what time you had to speak a different language to get out of trouble. <laughs> I so I can't think of a time I had to speak another language to get out of trouble. But I did I did have this conversation recently with someone. I forget the context of why we were talking about Spanish. I think it was just at dinner with a friend from high school, and it it came up. Um, you know, taking different language classes in high school, and. I took four years of Spanish, although the way our school did it was you had two semesters. So it was like I had one semester where I had Spanish and another semester where I didn't take a language and just <laughs> lost everything in the like nine months until the following semester. But the uh, the one time I can think of where I tried to put my 
um, you know, high school Spanish skills to the test was when I was in Mexico in Cancun at an all-inclusive resort where all of the workers spoke English, but they also spoke Spanish because they're Mexican, lived in Mexico. And I was able to order my omelet one morning completely in Spanish. And the, uh, yeah, the, the lady who was making it for me was, was very impressed as I struggled through all the words. It was like, ah, queso, jamón. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I ended up with a good, good omelet. I think a very simple ingredients made it a little easier for me, but. Yeah, that'd be Muy like the bien, one time Corey. I could think of. Yeah, gracias. <laughs> <laughs> I would have had an yeah. omelet either way, though, so it wasn't like I needed to speak <laughs> Spanish to eat breakfast that morning. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's very impressive. Um, well, do you guys have TikTok? Do you guys have? Do you nope. let the Chinese government have access to your information <laughs> nope. or not? I, I have stayed off TikTok entirely. Yes, I have as well. I I mean, at this point, I've seen so many TikToks from other social media sites that it doesn't feel like right. Like I I need to do that and now like instagram reels have like completely taken over my life in the sense <laughs> okay that, so you have tiktok it's yeah I mean, right. uh, yeah right <laughs> and it's like i don't even like look at reels myself but i get sent them all the time by mm-hmm. other people who do just mindlessly scroll through them and it's just all right cool i get to see something it was more like this is your taste in video sometimes it's really funny (laughs) other times i just have to give a little response to acknowledge that i saw it but uh yeah for me i i I see reels more than tiktoks these days but it's the same concept well i'm wondering um is family guy big on instagram reels do you guys see see family Family guy Guy? reels all the time i don't (laughs) know why i see none yeah all the time i see like another algorithm thing because it's totally an algorithm thing i see all spider-man so i i don't see family guy (laughs) well i don't like uh, it kind of oddly i don't use instagram reels like i've i've actively resisted the changes that instagram has tried to make like i i want instagram to be the pictures platform i there can be some videos and stuff but i don't want to go from the instagram scroll into the real scroll you know how it like opens up the window and then yeah. you're just yeah like, it's, it's it. a different I, tab but yeah, yeah i don't yeah. i don't do that you know mm-hmm. i i try to stay away from that because i i already have that on tiktok uh but tiktok uh, like the similar to reels i'm sure they do the same thing where it shows you more of the same stuff if you spend time on it and somehow i found myself watching more and more family guy family guy and uh it's like such a strange thing that it has become such a big thing but then it also is family guy with like a mobile game or like some arcade game being played on the bottom half of the screen have you does this happen on reels no i i haven't seen that it is the most overstimulated like (laughs) like melted brain type of media out there but it's it's absolutely all over the place on TikTok where they'll be showing a, a scene from Family Guy at the top and at the bottom there'll be like a game where like you like you have a knife and you're just like chopping through like cheese and like pencils and all these other like rainbows like, and all these other things. Wait, it's, it's just a video of the game? Yes, you're not playing it. Okay. It's somebody yeah. else has screen capped <laughs> themselves playing it and you're and it's that way that you don't have to go any amount of time without being stimulated. There's also this, uh, this other game called like subway runner or something where it has there's like three lanes and you have to like collect coins it's a lot like uh the uh, pyramid run or what was that game called temple run temple, temple run, run. Yes. yeah it looks yes. a lot like temple run except different you know 
graphics, but it, it like that will be happening at the on the bottom half of the screen while Family Guy is playing on the top half of the screen, and it just, just seems annoying. Like it, the, it's the just the peak of TikTok content where TikTok is supposed to just stimulate your brain so you don't have to think. Like you yeah. can just like glaze over and just let the entertainment flow into you. Um, and it's once I realized that I was watching those, I was like, okay, I need to stop. <laughs> this is I, becoming a problem. I mean that's insane. It's it sounds absolutely insane to like see that in the in the TikTok feed or in reels or anything, but it kind of makes sense because a lot of times when I'm watching something, I'm also playing a game on my phone. <laughs> yeah. so oh, I'm like, the same way. Okay, yeah. that makes me feel better about it because like there's so yeah. many times where I'll have something on my TV and I just have a game on my phone to just kind of distract me and like keep the phone <laughs> in my hand and like yeah, yeah no it's very overstimulating and i definitely miss out on some things because of it but i i just can't help myself uh, well so. i have like different levels of like regard i guess uh there's different levels of attention that i pay to different media depending on how much i care about it there's mm-hmm. definitely a genre or like a level that is just you're on in the background and i'm actually focusing on something else and it's yeah. just background noise you can't actually split your brain like that like you, you you're either you're focusing on one or the other people think they can multitask they can't it's they've automated one of those processes and uh and family guy is one of those shows and when i realized that was happening i was like why am i watching (laughs) 35 (laughs) seconds of an episode of family guy i have hulu Uh, i can watch just family guy so uh uh, i actually you can't watch that specific clip of family guy that they're showing you at that time and you don't know that you want to watch the full episode but yes (laughs) i so i see on on reels they show them and it's just a clip of family guy but it's always a caption saying i can't believe they let this on tv which first of all family guy is like the first show to be like canceled for a while because of what they put on and then they brought it back somehow uh but yeah that's that's always what it is and it's just like okay yeah this is like questionable by today's standards probably was in 2007 as well but it's like always that same type of caption yeah I mean, I've got bad news for for you, Corey. It's because you watch them. That's why they're. Oh, I know. I, I know. That's these. why they all come back. I yeah, no, I totally understand that. I feel like I got sent a Family Guy reel once, and now it's just they're always popping up. Corey, have you seen this 17 second portion of a Family Guy episode yet? It's going yeah. viral. <laughs> yeah it's like i saw like this guy this other because the reason that it really started to be apparent to me because you see a lot of weird shit on tiktok Uh. like it's 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 like not every single one of them is notable but i saw another creator that is like a comedian and it's like when you take your date home and and like to watch something together and they sit down to watch uh family guy together and then she's like oh this really isn't engaging enough and then she like pulls out a laptop (laughs) and puts one of those like arcade games that they always have under it and hits play on that it's like ah now that's better i was like other people are seeing the shit too like it's it's so it's like taking over Uh i don't know it's 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 wild and i'm guessing by the fact that you guys don't have tiktok that you're like somehow opposed to it is that is that you taking a stance here or you just haven't gotten around to getting tiktok um for me personally like when it first okay when it first started to become big i was i was like I was taking a stand. I was like, I'm not getting TikTok. I I don't want to do this. There's like weird stuff coming out with the Chinese government. I don't know how true it is, but I don't want to, I don't want any part of it. And then as time went on, it's at this point, I just, I don't have it. And it's like, it's, it's kind of like, I didn't see star Wars until 2016. And I got to tell people I'd never seen star Wars. Now I can be like, I'm not on TikTok. (laughs) And, and you know, so it's a little bit of that, but it's also, 
just like Corey was saying, like I have Instagram. I used to not watch the reels either, but like when they show up in between pictures, I see three little reels of Spider-Man. I'm going to watch them and then I'll move on. With my, like I don't need TikTok because I already have TikTok yeah. in a different app, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. And for me, it's just, I'm always really late when it comes to new social media. I'm always, it takes me a while to get absorbed into a new one. So like, why do I need this new one? I have all these old ones or they add a new feature. It's like, why do I need this new feature? We have that feature on this other app. And that's how I've always been when it comes to social media. And now now I agree with Kenny where it's like I'm just Instagram real like I don't need TikTok at this point and I don't see myself yeah. just downloading it right now. I mean everything's cross posted like you're not missing exactly. out because it's all everywhere. Yeah right? they end up on other apps anyway which I, I don't know how often TikTok show up on Instagram anymore given that they have their own like market for it like I don't even know if you're allowed to or if they just like no you can't post those here but I, yeah. I definitely see them on like Twitter and like occasionally on Facebook but I am that's one where I like don't even scroll through it anymore it's I'll see birthday notifications okay I don't care about this person. Close the app. Oh, I do. Let me text them. So yeah, I left uh, Facebook after I graduated from college. If you look at my Facebook account now, it looks like I'm still in. Co- like I'm, I'm literally wearing a graduation <laughs> gown and uh, I've, like locked everything else down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the uh, yeah, I don't think much gets cross posted, but not because it's not in both places. It's like the person who uploads it has an Instagram right. account and a TikTok account, so right. it's like yeah. they don't need to. Although I do follow this one Instagram account called Sharon Left Me, uh, <laughs> and it it just posts TikTok cringe. So it, they just <laughs> post things on TikTok, and it's like, why did this person post this? And some of them yeah. are kind of unbearable, but uh, a lot of times they're pretty hilarious. Because with TikTok, it, I think the most redeeming quality about TikTok is it does give a lot of power to the creator you can have a lot of reach if you make something that the algorithm likes in a way that i don't think any other social media platform really can rival maybe instagram because i don't know that much about how reels spread but you can like people who don't follow you will see your content if you make something that tiktok deems good uh like i and i learned this through my own viral post on uh tiktok where i made a like a joke about like how I don't know about masks essentially, but I wasn't saying that. I was doing it through an analogy about a, a jacket, and the like it went crazy. I only had twenty two followers on uh, on TikTok at the time, but it, it got over two million views because TikTok doesn't really care about how many followers you have. It's about uh, you know what are you making and can the algorithm get that to make people stay on the app longer. Yeah, yeah, I, I do think that's interesting because I have a, a friend who's had. Uh, a few videos go viral at certain times, but it's, it's interesting because like, yeah, you don't need a lot of followers to have things like blow up like that, but then it's not lasting because it's the same thing. It's like, yeah, I had this video go viral and it's, I'm not like, it's like, Oh, you're not famous on TikTok Now you just had one TikTok that people saw, which is, it's really interesting. Have you made other TikToks or is that, are you a one and done? Um, after that, I was kind of wanted to, well, it was really a like COVID lockdown thing. I I think you do have to be a little bit deranged to want to make TikToks. (laughs) And for a little while there, I was kind of rabid from Uh. staying inside my apartment for so long. Uh, but really it's the uh, level of effort needed to put in there because, you know, as much as I have dashing good looks, I'm not the type of person who can just point a camera at my face and make something that's going to go viral. It takes effort. And I'm putting that effort into live streaming and and doing podcasts. It's like, uh, not to say that, uh, you know, it's like if I did put that effort in, I'd have guaranteed success, but it's just 
I didn't have as much fun making TikToks as I was doing live streaming and, and making podcasts. And if I'm not doing, if it's not fun, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah, which that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I made one Instagram reel. It wasn't intended to be a reel. It was supposed to be a picture <laughs> post, but I realized. So, well, okay. So I wanted to post a bunch of photos from my summer in New Hampshire, my family's beach vacation, time at their lake house, even just like things I was doing, uh, you know, in, in my hometown and like other places with whoever. And I just didn't take a lot of photos. So I was like, I don't have anything to post like that. But I realized that I actually had a decent amount of videos. And the biggest thing I wanted to post anyway was a video of me singing karaoke at a bar at the beach. So I was like, wait a sec, why don't I try to splice these things together in a video? And, you know, at, th- at this point in time, every video on Instagram was real because this was, you know, from the summer. And I, you know, threw it out there, not really knowing what to expect when I posted a reel, but it's like, yeah, I guess this is going to be public. And it has like 800 views on it, which it it's one of those things where I'm like, people who know me should barely be interested in this, let alone people who don't know me. Like, it is so personal. And again, these aren't, I didn't plan this out. These are videos that I was like, ah, I can kind of make something entertaining out of this. And I was very satisfied with what I did, but that was something that never should have gone anywhere close to viral. I don't think 800 views on Instagram is really that much, but it is kind of like crazy to realize that there's a lot of people that just randomly came across this and I can't imagine they had any interest in seeing it. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that this is like the platform for growth right now in some capacity. If you're able to leverage that into something else that's a little bit more stable, then I think that's that's the way to go if you're really trying to build a, a brand. Um, and as you know, sister podcasts. I think that at least one of us needs to do that. So <laughs> you, somebody get on that right away. <laughs> yeah, I do want to make more reels. That is like one thing that I, I've kind of been like, okay, this is fun. I want to take more videos, you know, whether I throw them on my story or whatever, just being able to have them and have something to kind of throw together and say, hey, this is what I did in this certain time. I think it, it was a cool concept and I really liked it. And um, I do plan on tossing some more out there eventually, but I don't know that it's going to be at the point where it's like, I'm going to build a brand off of me posting videos of like a vacation. Maybe one will be like your TikTok, (laughs) but like (laughs) that actually reminds me, like my sister is a big fan of watching like people who vlog at Disney or like vlog on whatever cruise line or, you know, just people who document their vacations. And then those people become popular and then brands will pay them to go on their vacations and to me that actually seems like a special type of hell uh to be like (laughs) forced to be always having a good time because it'll be like them and their friends and they'll like be at a water park and it seems like they're just like a bunch of kids around them and then it's like two grown men who are like this is awesome going down like a slide together Uh it's like oh i have to keep doing this this is putting food on the table (laughs) uh last year i I went to Disney World to visit a friend uh, who moved down there and she she does some like Disney TikToks and stuff and all of the friends she made are Disney TikTokers and it wasn't like it wasn't too much when I was hanging out with them but there would be times when we'd be like having a normal day and they'd be like oh we need to film a TikTok and then it would just like it would just be like this 30 to 60 minute thing in the middle of our day where it's like we have to stop everything because we have to make this TikTok <laughs> and it's like 
this is a crazy way to live like it's fine i'm not like upset that this is happening but it's like this is like this is their lives you know it's yeah. just mm-hmm. it's it's crazy that's content though it, yeah. it's there are people uh in my life who are constantly baffled at my need to stop <laughs> you know quote unquote normal things and sit down and talk to people on a webcam uh in my room you know like that's like uh, that's just content. It is definitely something that can get in the way of your normal life. So like, that's why I like podcasting is a lot of times you can just set it to the side and be like, we're going to do that then. And I'm not right. going to spontaneously break out in podcasting <laughs> yeah. in the middle of like some activity uh, that we're doing together. But, uh, yeah, it's just like, where do you want to draw that line? Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. And I, I, I see a lot of like, the famous people on Snapchat as well, who like they're documenting their lives and it's like, okay, you have other platforms like Snapchat should be the least priority, but they're just like forced to have a camera in their face all the time as they're hanging out with family, doing things, just going out in public. And I'm like, they probably don't care. They're all probably used to this, but I, I just, cringe at the idea of me just sitting somewhere like oh yeah I'd, I'd lunch with my mom like here she is on video like it just I wouldn't be able to do something like that and that's what I also say where it's like I want to take more videos I want to take more photos but I'm like I don't want to be the guy who has to pull his <laughs> camera out as we sit down to dinner to cheers drinks you know that that's, yep. that was one thing that I, I did end up doing um this past weekend with my dad and my brother. And I was like, yeah, well, you guys entertain me here. Like, I just need like a quick <laughs> three second video like, for something I'm trying to do. And uh, they, they were very much obliging to it. But it's like, I don't want that to be my life. And I don't understand how some people let it become theirs. I mean, if everyone, if, if they're enjoying it, you know, well, if you're making money it, off it, I think that's right. a big thing. I like, I wouldn't even, yeah. Cause, uh, I used to effortlessly have a fire Snapchat oh, yeah, story you did. and I wasn't <laughs> uh-huh. doing it because I really wanted people to be that impressed. That was more like a bonus. It was something I just did organically. And I think partially is because I was a student and I was allowed yeah, to have my right. phone out at all times. And like, nobody was really going to, uh, uh, like I didn't care if somebody saw me taking a selfie. It was like, much it, it more just, normal. Yeah. Yeah. It just like, seemed like a thing to do. And like, y- you know, when you're hanging out with your friends, you know, you, you gotta like, let me get you on the snap right quick. Do like pose for this like <laughs> selfie real quick. That felt so normal. And I don't, I think it's probably that we've gotten old. Yes, no, <laughs> but it's I agree. Possibly I, also yeah. that times have changed. Yeah. Uh, that that just doesn't feel that normal anymore, no. and it's hard to pull it off without cringing the entire time. Yeah, right. Now it's like you definitely have that like slight judgment that comes up over the person who always has to like post what they're doing and take photos. Like, is this really necessary? Can we not just enjoy this moment? But. I also like I, I understand wanting to be able to capture some things like just because you never know when you want to look back on them. So, I mean, I, I will say I have a, a pizza Instagram where I post every <laughs> single pizza that I eat. And yesterday I, I got uh, lunch with Corey and uh, and dur- during lunch, I when our pizzas arrived, I had to stand up and walk over to the pizzas because they were on these little side tables and take a picture of it. And I wasn't <laughs> embarrassed. But before I did it, I was with Corey and, and Brian. I was like are you guys going to be embarrassed if I go take a picture? It's going to be a bit of a spectacle. I'm doing it. Like I have to do it. It's, it's for the Instagram. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's another one of those consistency things where I, you know, for, for, 
now three years i've been posting every pizza i'm gonna just keep posting the pizzas i like to look at them sometimes mr consistency over here again (laughs) i forgot about your pizza instagram uh but you can uh i think it's also a little bit about uh the way that you sell it because if you're a social media influencer and you're like oh i have to take a picture of my lunch because i I, like have to influence people to eat like me that's cringe but if you're like (laughs) i'm a photographer and i have to capture the essence of the this pizza you know and and it's it's it comes out in black and white or it has lens flare then you're cool so i i don't know it's like i, I think it's a totally subjective thing and how it's interpreted because i love I have, a, I have a couple of friends that live in new york who are both photographers i freaking love hanging out with these guys because if you see them pointing their phone at you it's not something where you go like oh like selfie or whatever that's when you try to act as casual as possible because you know they're capturing some like uh you know artsy kind of image here and and that's cool you know nobody's cringing at that yeah one of those friends is responsible for easily my most popular uh posts on instagram so like i i totally agree like a lot of respect when you're you're taking like high quality like cool photos like that yeah, well, Wesley listens to this podcast, so shout yeah, out Wesley, Wesley White yes. for yeah. uh, for taking fire uh, picks. So it's like that's another thing is when people do a good job of capturing that stuff, it's so valuable. Yes. So like it, partially, it's like finding the right time, and, and also partially, it's execution. Um, but. I can just tell you I'm not that good at it. I constantly go to events where I have a, the time of my life and I leave with only memories yeah, because yeah. I do not take... I actually still have an iPhone 8. So even if really? I do yeah. take pictures, uh, nobody not, wants to see yeah. them. Not even me. Yeah. So you, you, still, you don't have like the three big circles on yours and no, it doesn't have like any two. of the cool settings. I, yeah. No, I Is have two just, little circles on two, there. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. and then the flash. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very retro over here. That's, that's crazy. I take a picture and then it like, uh, uh, one of these plastic things prints out at the bottom. You have to wave it around <laughs> and then eventually you can see the image. Do you have friends who are big into Polaroids? Like while you're, you're talking yeah. about that. Yeah, definitely. I, I do as well. And I like the concept of them. I think they're kind of fun, but then it's also, it comes out and I'm like, I could take such a high quality photo on an iPhone that like why would i want this and like post it somewhere because it just like i get some people like the whole polaroid aesthetic but i would much rather also have like a nice photo that is like someone i can look at and be like oh i can actually tell who everyone in this picture is because <laughs> we're so far away that like the quality is just so bad like I, I don't know maybe one day you'll get polaroids that are like really nice but I don't yeah, know I don't know. I think that's part of it is like you have it. There's only one of that image and yeah, then right. you can you have a physical thing you can hold on to. I don't know. Um, it's definitely not the most useful thing in the world because I mean, like we we're talking about, if I'm taking a picture, I'm, I'm hoping to exchange that picture with the Internet mm-hmm. for over maximum return on clout. And uh, <laughs> Polaroids just don't make that easy. I'm not going to post a picture of a picture. Yeah, uh, right. That's not going to get me any clout at all. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really where I was going with that. But OK, I'm glad that you agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, speaking of uh, doing things with uh, potentially harmful uh, outcomes, uh, uh, it's iffy segue there. Um, where do you guys stand on sports betting? 
Uh, I've noticed uh, over the last year, but over the last few years, really, uh, sports gambling has become more and more of a uh, casual activity for American sports fans, and even has been touted as the uh, the you know this the intellectual investment investmentainment. Uh, you could even say because you can make money while you're watching the thing that you love anyway. Uh, so what what do you guys is that is that good? You guys see sports betting being a, a positive force in the United States or what, what's going on here? It's definitely trending in that direction. So I think at this point it's becoming legalized in more and more states. Uh, you know, all of the big professional sports leagues in America have their own gambling partners or advertisements everywhere. I don't have a problem with it at all. Like from like a moral standpoint or anything, I think, you know, gambling on a sporting event. That's great. I, I, am someone who doesn't really partake very often unless I'm really in Las Vegas at a casino there. That's the only time that I will do it in the traditional sense of, oh, I'm going to bet on this team to win this individual game. But I've always played fantasy football and put money on that. I've always done other things that are, you know, gambling when it comes to sports. Yeah, for me, it's just, yeah, people like doing it. I don't know that you really make a ton of money off it as just like a, a casual person. It feels like most people are pretty lucky to to win big when they do, but I, I do like it as a form of entertainment, you know, as long as you're doing it responsibly, of course. Right. I mean, it's you always have, with any kind of gambling or any kind of vice like this, you want to make sure people are doing it responsibly. Um, I'm in kind of the same boat as Corey. Historically, I you know, I'll do fantasy football and I don't love putting a lot of money on it, but if you don't put anything, people kind of lose interest. And mm-hmm. um, I'll like pick all the games throughout the season and we put a little bit of money on that. Nothing much. Um, I, I like when I like when there's like free betting, like uh, Fox does their super six thing where I'm never going to win it, but you just like pick six games and you don't pay anything. And if you happen to get it all, you win. Um, I, I Like Corey, I'm pretty neutral if you want to do it that's great. I don't do anything more than the few things I listed, but I do think it's worth worrying about people involved in the sports being involved in the gambling. You know, Mm. there's, I agree with that. Shout out. Uh, was that Calvin Ridley? Is that, uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's the most notable recent one. (laughs) Yeah. And, and so like, I don't, I try not to think this way, but like I've heard people say, you know, there are a lot. I watch mostly NFL football. There are a lot of times where there are some iffy calls by the refs and people are like, do you have money on this game? And, you know, that's been a joke for for years. But now it's like, do they have money on this game? There's some (laughs) iffy calls. And it's like, yeah, oh, you can just call it this way. And if you have money on it, you you get a lot of money. So, you know, I don't think it's necessarily impacting the game heavily as of now, but I think it's worth worrying about. I think it's worth considering. Um, you know, as a as another concern on top of obviously the gambling addiction that happens with people. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, well, uh, you know, I hadn't really considered that, but come talk to me come playoff time. If the Niners lose, I'll be right there with <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But okay, so a couple things uh, to address. So first, 
the fantasy football angle. I also do like that. That would be the entirety of my sports gambling pretty much is putting money on fantasy football. But for me, that's the cost of admission. Like that is the price you pay to be part of a league where everybody is going to actually care. Mm -hmm. I feel like the value of the, my team winning the whole thing that like bragging rights and the lore within the league of me being an actual champion, all of that is worth more than the, the entire prize pool. Like it's nice to get the prize pool as well, but like <laughs> the money is not really what's motivating me to set my lineup every week. Um, and then uh, on top of uh, like, I guess the free ones. Yeah. I don't really care about people doing that, but I look at sports betting and like people who encourage other people to sports bet as like similar to um, alcohol where it's like, if you do it responsibly, you'll probably be fine. But if you're spreading this thing to enough people, you know, you're going to create an addiction that destroys some of their lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like yep. for sports betting, I always tell people it, similar to alcohol. If you don't do it already, don't start. Uh, and if you do it already, then yeah, be careful. But um, it just, I, I feel like we're inundated by all of these, uh, I don't know, advertisements and these uh, like, influencers who encourage you they're like oh my lock of the week is such and such and like you trust my opinion on such and such thing so now trust my opinion on this put big money on this and it i don't know it just makes me uh uncomfortable and and it's i know i'm sounding puritanical over here uh but it i'm also kind of a purist when it comes to sports i love the 49ers when they win that is has value in a way that can't be compared to money if the 49ers ever win a super bowl in my lifetime i think i can die happy uh and and that is something that you just uh, so no amount of money will like you can't take the money with you the 49ers championship i will take with me when i die okay <laughs> so um and, and i it frustrates me when people are like oh i don't care enough about football that i have to put money in there so that i can give a shit yeah i think like when i'm it fantasy football really changes the way you watch games you know because like i was watching for example the patriots Bengals game over the weekend and i had t higgins on my fantasy team in the playoffs and it's like you know t higgins would catch the ball and it's like uh, go pats but like at least it was t higgins who catches it and you know then then <laughs> a random tight end tight end gets two touchdowns i'm like this couldn't have at least been t higgins you know and, yep, yep. and so it, but but at the same time and I, I agree with everything you're saying benjamin and i think that um they tack on the the ta- little tagline like please bet responsibly please drink mm-hmm. drink responsibly and it's like that feels more like they're just covering themselves than that they're actually caring about anything but uh yep. For, yep. for like for like fantasy football and things like that i will say Uh-oh. watching games that i wouldn't otherwise care about they those become interesting which is which is kind of nice but it but it i don't really need it because i just like football anyway even if i don't care about the two teams like i end up rooting for someone i end up caring um so i i agree i think with um you know the 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 money you put on fantasy football just being um the the admission cost because if I, like i've played in leagues where there's no money and no one no one keeps up with it and it's just like it's not even worth it yeah there's no reason to stay connected when you are your team sucks and your season's right, pretty right. much over you're like well i lose nothing by just not paying attention i will say i was in um i'm in a fantasy football league with Corey and uh the the league existed before i was a part of it and right the first year i joined i won 
And that wow. means I don't remember how much money I won. I don't have the money I won, but I I remember winning the first year, you know, like that stuck with exactly me. Exactly so what I, I'm talking I agree, about. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And now I'm in the, the Super Bowl again uh, facing Ooh. facing Brian of He's Done It. And wow. uh, it's going to it's gonna be interesting. And, and I, I will say... The money's exciting, but but yeah, I just I just want to win, you know. That's what and, I really and, want. And conversely, I don't want to lose my league. Uh, we have like a punishment for coming in last place, oh, yeah. and which you become shitterly Clitler, and everybody refers to you as <laughs> shitterly Clitler for the next year, which is just devastating. Nobody wants to be shitterly Clitler. And uh, this season, I had the second most points scored, but by far the most points against. So right now I'm <laughs> fighting for my life in the like lower bracket postseason tournament where you want, if you win, you get out and I've lost the past two weeks this week. I lost because Nick Foles, I needed four points from Nick uh, Foles. Yeah. And he couldn't do it. Uh, I couldn't believe my... I was like so ready to not... To secure safety from becoming Shitterly Clitler. Uh, and it's <laughs> it's looking bad for me. So I have one more chance to uh, to, to win and get out. But I after what happened to me on Monday night, I'm, I'm feeling very, very nervous. So it's... Yeah. Uh, it's but, but here's the thing. I'm very nervous because I'll be emotionally bankrupt. Right, I right, will, my right. my uh, feelings will uh, I'll have a you know will be injured, but luckily my feelings regenerate. Uh, <laughs> but unlike you know your money, where if I had bet my life savings on the fact that I wouldn't come in last place in fantasy, and then I did, well then I'd be doing a lot more than crying, uh, which I will do if I become shit really clever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh, you've never been that, i've never been last yeah. place i've won it three times i'm the i'm like the reigning i mean it helps that i've been in the league for the maximum amount of time possible uh which only a handful of guys in the league can even say but uh you know three-time champion uh twice in three years back in uh 17 and or 18 and, and 20 so uh you know I've, I've done my thing but uh you know enough about nobody Nobody really cares that much about hearing about other people's fantasy leagues. Um, yeah. Here's something that everybody can can get on board with as far as sports go. Uh, I heard uh, a close friend of mine say that he thinks that the NFL will retire the number 12 league-wide when Tom Brady retires. And I'm sure Corey can give us some examples of where that has happened in other major sports. Yeah, so Major League Baseball, uh, they retired Jackie Robinson's number 42. <laughs> Uh, cross baseball on the 50th anniversary of him breaking the color barrier and hockey might have retired number 99 that i i don't know if the nba has done it and uh, didn't I, they uh get uh what's his name the guy who won all the championships in like the 60s Oh, Bill Russell. Yes, you're right. Number six. Everyone's I, wearing yes. six right now on their jerseys, yeah, right? That yeah. is being retired, right? Okay, that's the, the the fact that there is at least an other example is good. If it were literally just Jackie Robinson and people were saying it about Brady, I would be like, well, no, no, don't yeah. do that. So here's well, the thing with Bill Russell is also his like civil rights pioneering right, right. that aspect mm-hmm. of it, not right. a retire him because he's the you know the, the the quote unquote greatest of all time. That's how we recognize him and say nobody else can wear this number again. That's right. It is. 
are you looking up Gretzky? Yeah, I'm looking that one up to see. Because I know Gretzky was, like, they said as soon as he retired, he was immediately inducted into the Hall of Fame. Like, they treated him like, yeah, we're not waiting around for you. So, yeah, HockeyQuestions.com says there's only one number that's retired league-wide, number 99. It was Wayne okay. Gretzky's number. Okay. Yeah, so that is an example of a player being retired for being considered the, the greatest ever play. So, okay. So, there's, I mean, there's precedent for that. I, I was... I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit silly, honestly. Like, so many people hate Brady. I love him, but I, I was talking to my dad over the weekend about, um, you know, obviously Brady's not on the Patriots right now. Someone else could wear 12. No one has. You know, I, there was talk when Edelman retired or about uh, having his number retired, number 11, and then now Tyquan Thornton wears it, and someone else might have before. Um, and I don't, you can retire numbers after other people wear it, but it just feels like if they were going to retire it, they probably would have Brady, they're going to retire it in new England, but at league wide is like, I don't, there have been a lot of people who, who, who've worn number 12 and that's true of others numbers and yeah, a sports, lot of great quarterbacks, a lot of greats too. though. The, I mean, T, Tom Brady's not the original TB 12 even, yeah, you know, Terry, you got Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw, yeah. Aaron Rodgers was 12. Like it is a, it's a number that's associated with a lot of players. Um, so I think that I had never heard this before, but I guess, you know, talking about the Patriots, the Steelers have, they retired Franco Harris's number 32, 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, widely regarded as the greatest play in NFL history time and time again. That's only the third time they've ever retired a number. They retired Ernie Sautner's number 70. He was like the great offensive lineman from the Steelers before they were the Steelers, like before winning all those Super Bowls. And then Mean Joe Green's number 75. He's considered the greatest Steeler ever. A guy like Terry Bradshaw, he's never had his number retired. A lot of other like Hall of Famers, your Lynn Swan, your uh, Jack Lambert, John Solworth, and then some of the more modern players, Troy Polamalu, Ben Rothsberg, I don't know that any of them will get their number retired, but nobody's going to wear their number again. So it's it might as well be retired. And right, they just, right. they're just not going to go the route of like the New York Yankees who have an entire monument field where they barely have any numbers available because they're all <laughs> retired. And uh, that, that's the risk you run into. But like in all those cases, like why not just retire it if you're not going to give it out anyway? You know, I think eventually you might have to. You kind of want to wait and see where a guy's legacy goes and maybe... That's kind of what they did with Franco Harris and, you know, say, all right, 50th anniversary of this play. That's the perfect time to do it. And I don't know, you know, what the NFL would do in that case. But I think that some leagues are like, we're only going to retire numbers out of historical significance. And then others, it's you're just a really great player and we can't let anyone else wear your number. So has Brady not made the case for being so great that something like that would be at least a conversation. I mean, I think it's fair to consider it. I just think it's a question of, is that, is he the player that the NFL would want to have that first honor for? And that's just how the league views it. Cause like compared to the other three sports, there's, there's precedent for it and not precedent for it in other cases. So it feels a little silly to me. I mean, obviously the Patriots are going to, after he retires, it would be insane for them to not, um, I, you know, I don't. Will the Buccaneers retire number twelve? I don't think I, so. I think they'd I, consider it. I don't know. Three years is would be a very little amount of time to be there, but yeah, I think yeah. winning them a Super Bowl, making them relevant when they're like historically one of the worst franchises ever, could be enough reason yeah. for them to do it. I don't know. I, I I I've always thought that 
a lot of teams are a bit uh they get a bit silly with retiring numbers I mean, like you said you mentioned the yankees it's like celtics what, do it too yeah, yeah and it's like what if what what if you retire too many of them you're gonna have to what go to three digits unretire yeah, right. the numbers uh-huh. like I, like it's it's i i feel like it makes sense to save it for special circumstances and you know brady i I think most people would agree is in a league of his own you know it's it's not it's not really fair to compare him to like i mean maybe it is fair to compare but like you know he's he's larger than life in a way that someone like like ben roethlisberger even someone like ben roethlisberger isn't really you know he's he's an mvp quarterback who was in the league for a long time but it's tom brady but I, I still don't think like a league wide retiring of of the number twelve. It seems extreme to me, even for someone who who has been as influential in the league as he has been for as long as he has. I think it would be a little bit silly, and I think there would be a lot of backlash just because of how many people don't like him. But then again, backlash gets people talking, so maybe the NFL <laughs> would be, be cool with it, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think that a lot of teams would be pissed off enough to be like, no, of course we're not going to retire 12. Like, if anything, thank you for asking us to do that so that we can spite Brady <laughs> yeah, and make right? sure that we always have our worst player will wear 12 now. Uh, yeah, it's the third string quarterback wears 12 for every team. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's definitely true. If he did something like you're talking about, like a civil rights thing or something beyond the game that all the teams can support, because you know, on paper, every team hates every other team. So like Tom Brady doing really good for the Patriots means nothing to the Cardinals, right? They don't care. Um, But if Tom Brady, like let's for instance say if Tom Brady actually did end racism and they got to like take that (laughs) off all the helmets and off the field and stuff, like they're like, we don't have to do this anymore. Because Tom Brady ended racism, then I guess uh, we could talk about retiring 12 for every team. Um, Honestly, it doesn't really matter to me because I'm a Niners fan and we retired uh, John Brody's number along time ago so nobody's wearing 12 in the bay anytime soon uh brady's helmet actually says inspire change which is a much lower bar than end racism (laughs) that one's a tall order yeah now i i I think i I agree with the sentiment there i I think when when you honor a guy with like jackie robinson with that distinction even if it's a different sport like there is definitely a, a high standard that needs to be recognized and I don't know if winning championships for an individual team is enough because well, two least, individual teams. Yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> no, that is fair. But I mean, in, in Gretzky's case, like he played on several teams throughout the league. Like he, he had more connection right. besides just right, you know, right. one. So, well, hey, Brady's career is not over. There's already talks yeah, of where he's no, going to go right. next year, where he's going to win his next championship. If he wins one for all 32 teams, then yeah, retire his number league wide, I would say. He'll be what in the seventies by then. So, <laughs> well, you're uh, saying. Uh, I guess would we all agree that Tom Brady's having a down year? Like this is like yes. a yes. not so great year. Do you think that right now the Seattle Seahawks have the mold for like making career resurgences for quarterbacks? Could Tom Brady head to Seattle next year and then do a pull of Geno Smith and potentially win the Super Bowl there? yeah i <laughs> i don't know i i don't know that G- i think Geno smith was a great story for a while but he's also kind of come crashing down at least the team hasn't done all that great this year i don't know if that's the example to use but i, I do think it's an interesting debate that a lot of people are having is which teams should sign tom brady and i think a popular one is the 49ers like your team 
But from my perspective, I think that's more of a, the 49ers should sign Tom Brady so he can win another Super Bowl more than the 49ers should ta- <laughs> sign Tom Brady because he's the missing piece to a Super Bowl. I think with the way that Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy have played uh, this season has kind of proven that, I don't know, maybe a guy who can't uh, throw wide, you know, like find wide open passes to Julio Jones in the end zone on Sunday night against the Cardinals. Maybe he's not the guy who's going to save <laughs> things in San Francisco when, you know, Brock Purdy goes out and puts up 30 points a game every week. Yep. I mean, I think, I think people who don't like Brady should be pushing for him to go to San Francisco because if he played there and he won a Super Bowl, he would finally retire. If he won a Super Bowl with the 49ers, he would yes, finally yeah, say, yeah, that he would was be done. how he'd go down. So people really should <laughs> well, want He'd be this ring if they don't chasing like at that point as well. Like that would be a case of instead of he's like, always been ring chasing. That's that's what his whole career's been. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But in more of the sense of like the, the NBA yeah. player who signs with the Warriors, be the right, 12th right. man on the bench, like that kind of. <laughs> Tom Brady backs up Brock <laughs> yeah, Purdy right. on his chance, like his uh, title defense uh, in the Bay next season. I could see it. I could definitely uh-huh. see it. We'd let him, we would let Tom Brady wear 12. I think uh, <laughs> they would uh, have an exception. Uh, for yeah him. that's a really interesting if he went there would they yeah that's a really interesting thought actually they would because somebody else did wear 12 uh oh, it was really? okay. somebody who was the quarterback when i was a little kid uh i can't remember it's somebody that i should know but uh but it is officially retired do you have to get right. permission from john brody or mm-hmm. his family to to be able to wear it Maybe well, that would be how the 49ers agree to it. Say, like, you can play for us, but you have to change your number. You can't work. He would 12. just go back to 10, right? He would just steal Garoppolo's number. True, yeah. That uh, was I his mean, Michigan w- number. Yeah. W- when, I, when I bought my Tom Brady, because the moment Tom Brady said he was going to Tampa Bay, I was online buying a jersey. They hadn't even announced the redesign yet. It was a blank white jersey, and it had the number zero, because they didn't even... Chris Godwin already had number 12. They didn't know, they didn't know what number he was going to be if he was going to get to keep it, which is... An insane thought for him for him to for like Chris Godwin to be like, no, it's mine, like to, to Tom Brady. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see where his career goes. Um, I don't think that all of the problems the the Bucks have been having this year are his fault by any means. But he's he's been having a down year in addition to the other problems. I don't think he's fallen off of that fateful cliff that everyone's been talking about for a decade. Uh, but yeah, it's, he hasn't, he hasn't looked as good as he has in years past. I, I think and hope because I'm a, a huge Tom Brady fanboy that he will come back next year with whatever team, as long as it's not the jets and play well. And, uh, and, and win another Super Bowl somewhere, wherever. Over, I mean, not the Giants either, please. But we're, you know, most teams I'm fine with. <laughs> Both those teams seem like possibilities. Yeah, uh, I mean, next season Tom Brady could be new team, new wife, new uh, new yeah. perspective on on everything, and he'll be able to win another championship, uh, which I think would be pretty cool. I, I love uh, talking about Tom Brady on this podcast on off script episodes because obviously we're not talking about him during movie episodes, but uh, like we have a episode that we recorded during his re- like quote retirement oh, um, yeah. where it was announced that he retired but it wasn't tom brady yet who had said that he was retiring it was just after what was that uh adam schefter after schefter yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's like it was hilarious to have like that moment in time trapped in amber to be able to see all of us being like dang he's he really went and retired i can't believe it uh even though now we're talking about him still playing so it's uh, yeah that's I the mean, beauty of podcasting, you know. You you could talk about him on a movie episode. Eighty for Brady is uh, either coming out or out. I don't. I haven't kept up with it, but 
I think it's called Lady for Brady, right? Old women who like yeah, Tom Brady. You right. heard about this movie? Yeah. <laughs> what? I it's wondered four, what eighty for Brady meant. I didn't realize that's what it was about. I think that's the title of the movie. It's for like twenty twenty three comedy. It says twenty twenty three. It's like huh. it's these old actresses, and I and I thought that they would be. I was like, oh, they're probably in their sixties, and they're like they're in the movie. They're in their eighties. I think they're all over eighty, or or three or four of them, or at least which is. I mean, I guess I don't know how people age, but they don't they don't look. Granted, they're, you know, famous actors, but they don't look like they're uh, 80 plus. But um, yeah, Tom Brady, Tom Brady movie coming. He's got a he's got a cameo in it as well as footage from the uh, the Falcon Super Bowl. I believe Gronk's got a cameo. Dude, in it. are you kidding me? That of course, they made a movie about that. Yeah. Premise, yeah. a fictional account of four senior friends who take a road trip to Houston to watch their hero, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots play in Super Bowl uh what is that 51 51 yeah yeah so coming I, soon maybe yeah, i mean, i, I, I can't make that it was a documentary <laughs> like i didn't realize that that was like a fictionalized oh movie. jane fonda's in this yeah we've got huh. uh, sally field i think lily tomlin as lou jane fonda as trish rita moreno as mara sally fields as betty tom brady as himself <laughs> and billy porter as goo goo and Guy Fieri is in this too really? as himself. Wow. Okay, can can we real quick talk why is it Fieri instead of Fieri? I've always known him as Guy Fieri and all of a That's sudden the, everyone the, says the Fieri. Yeah, the Italian way to say is, is but Fieri. I mean, but he's an American. Like I know like Italian he is Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri is the Americanized way of saying his name. Okay, okay. I've just been, you know, I, until recently, I I heard his name is Guy Fieri, and everyone now says Fieri, and uh, most, I feel like most Italian Americans don't say their name like that, but that, yeah, that's, that's, that's his decision to me. I just think it's more fun to roll R's. Like, you guys are learning Spanish, like, you should that's know not, that. I mean, yeah, is that it's, rolling an R? Yeah, It's Fieri. like saying, uh, it's like, queso, instead of saying queso, when you go to order your lunch. It's like, okay, I guess you're gonna switch to a different language for one <laughs> word. Thank you very uh, much. We are very impressed. <laughs> yeah. dude this movie looks amazing i am definitely i'm excited for february it. oh no it was announced in february 2022 it says oh but it will be released in theaters february 3rd 2023 so i have to look forward right to that for the super bowl that's yeah. perfect timing boy matt ryan will never live that super bowl down <laughs> <laughs> i wonder who they got to play him in that <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe they're showing real game footage too, and like I say, I'm nearly certain Gronk has a cameo appearance. I- I'm excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun movie. I like everyone who goes to see that movie in New England. I'm going to be wearing my Tom Brady Patriots jersey to the theater. Uh, very excited. I'm really excited for that one. Did you guys see American Underdog, the no. movie about Kurt Warner? Oh no, no. I, uh, yeah. Zachary Levi, right, playing Kurt yes. Warner. Yes, yeah. I did not see it, but I was interested in it. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's very heartfelt. And like a lot of the movie takes place in like, uh, you know, talking about like his relationship with like his wife and his kids. Uh, But like the football and also the football parts look super unrealistic, but Mm. it does actually follow the career of Kurt Warner, which if you're a sports fan is undeniably a sensational career. Yeah. Uh, So it's, it's pretty cool. He was like bagging groceries, playing in the Arena Football League, the Iowa Barnstormers, and then he ends up yep. winning NFL MVP, Super Bowl MVP. Just crazy. Yeah, I, I liked it. There again, there were some types, the, some parts of it that were a little too sappy for me. Uh, but 
overall, it was it was cool to just get to watch a movie about Kurt Warner because he's a freaking legend in the NFL. Yep. Yep. Not to take it take anything away from Kurt Warner, but I also do really like Zachary Levi. Uh, he's he's good. I like him. Yeah, he's good in that movie too. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we'll have to have you guys back on to talk about uh, eighty for Brady. In the, <laughs> in, uh, once that one comes out, because yeah, it's sure gonna, to be, be a, a classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's going to bring us to the end of this off script episode. So. Um, uh, this is the part of the show where uh, we'll give you guys a chance to do some self-promotion. So uh, we'll start with the, uh, with you, Kenny. Uh, you can listen to the C-Team wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter as at C-Team Show, which has caused some confusion about the name of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> you can also follow my pizza Instagram, at Kenny Pizza Man. Those are, those are my two big things, honestly, at this point in my life. Go go see the consistency that Kenny puts on. <laughs> Kenny honestly puts the K in consistency because uh, he's posting those pizza pictures and podcasts on a regular basis, and you can find that uh, where he just said. Now, Corey, how about you? Where can people find you and your podcast? Yeah, so you can find my podcast. He's done it on the same platforms. You can sign. You can find Affable Chat and C Team. Uh, you find us on Instagram and Twitter at he's done it pod. And my Twitter is also he's done it. Corey. That's kind of my way of pretending <laughs> like I'm big J media, just associating <laughs> myself with the the platform I'm on. Uh, and then Instagram is just seen about 915. So I'll tag myself in the various things that we post there. But uh, my social media presence is very much like from this perspective is really the podcast accounts would be the, the big thing. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you both for uh, joining me on this off script episode. I love collaborating uh, with my sister podcast. And, and, you know, if anything, if we've done anything today, it's proven that we absolutely are sister podcasts. Uh, and the great thing about off script episodes is I don't even have to do like an official outro. I can just end it right here.